Well, uh, welcome to, <laughs> to another episode of How to Get Here Podcast, a podcast for positivity, uh, progression, and uh, Drake fans. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, should have got just 100 followers. followers. And flowers. <laughs> flowers. Um, shit, man. Well, damn. Uh, That's 12. 13. I done cursed a couple times. Damn. Damn's not a curse word. If, if Kendrick could put it on an album, it's not a curse word. Damn. Um, I can't wait for Kendrick to come out with if he ever comes out with something else because then that's another topic. Supposedly he's dropping. You seem like a Kendrick fan. I'm actually the opposite. Yeah. Oh, I don't think Kendrick. I think he's overrated. But Kendrick? Yeah, we can do that for another episode. It's it's tough to resonate with a, a West Coast rapper sometimes. You know why? Because it's yeah. West Coast people in general, they're very laid back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That was just funny. What? <laughs> The statement you just made. West Coast people in general laid yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, you don't think so? No, I just was not expecting you to say that. I don't know. I, was, I don't know why I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bro. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but everybody, this is actually the the fiftieth episode. Um, we just is that this one? Yeah. Hit the right one. Hey, fiftieth episode. Um, we're gonna go on like two years strong. I think twenty nineteen we started. Um, so I thought it would be dope to bring it back where everything all started and have a car. Are you about to talk about the stars? I that love the, the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I grew up up here. All right. So there's those that have been there since I was like a small 10, pup. 12, and they still go in the dark actually, which Ooh. is crazy. Um, but yeah, so we, we brought, uh, some of the. Origi- not original, but some of the folks that have been here from the jump um, to get this conversation going. We got a little sidetrack in the beginning because somebody felt compelled to make their argument that Drake's the greatest of all time. And we've had that conversation multiple times on this podcast. It, it was a necessary dialogue because we all have, obviously we all have different tastes in music. Like I haven't listened to Ye's album and I kind of refuse to stream it uh, just because I don't want to give him any type of streams or credit based on my IP address. But, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, we have some Drake fans on, on this cold world over here. Hey, <laughs> I heard that. We're not going to point no fingers. Elbows. Yeah. Um, but nah, so I mean, since, since we're on the, the um, topic of Drake, right, and all this music that's dropping, um, I think today, I think it would be dope to have a, a in-depth conversation about, um, generational curses, family curses, and uh, things like that. I think that's something we could all resonate with. Mm-hmm. And with it being the 50th episode, I wanted to pick like a, a real dope topic. Um, but with Drake, and because he puts out so much music, I think one good place to start would be, um, what is your relationship with money in terms of like maybe generational curses and, and things like that? I know it's kind of a, Broad question, but take take what you will and, and rock with you. Go round robin, or whoever wants to start. I don't. You know about Drake? No, not about it. Um, oh no, you you talk like it. Oh, okay. you up. <laughs> uh, so what's my relationship with money? That's actually a very interesting question because <clears throat> I mean you know that we've been talking about financial literacy, right? Kind of uh, adding that to the curriculum, just because we didn't grow up learning about you know taxes about interest about how to save money how to budget 
And really interesting, about two, three weeks ago, uh, I did a budget sheet and it breaks it down very, uh, very specific uh, for each category. So one is um, groceries, another one is like food and alcohol, uh, entertainment, all that other stuff. I like how that's separate. Food and alcohol, entertainment separate. Yeah. <laughs> So it's real funny, so it's subjective. Because yeah. if you like to go out to eat and drink, that could be your form of entertainment. Right. However, I try to be uh I try to be disciplined and just put it all under food and alcohol and my entertainment, just like most poor stuff. But in the month of May, yeah, in the month of May between groceries and food and alcohol, I spent one thousand one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. So that right there just put, oh. put everything in perspective because in the next month I spent a thousand dollars. Right. July, I spent three hundred and fifty. So this that's a huge disparity that you like. Yeah. Like, this, that two different ends of the spectrum. So then at that point, I kind of realized like you need to have a better relationship with money and kind of um, value it a little bit more. I right. feel like my parents, my grandparents, they didn't really value it. They just kind of like they always say you can't take it to the grave with you. Just kind of like enjoy it. But I feel like we're at the point where in our lives and where we can't continue that because what we're gonna leave for our for, for our future offspring, you know what I'm saying? Right. For our kids and stuff like that. So legacy. I'm trying to leave a legacy and my parents they they, they showed me the foundation. They gave me the foundation but I'm trying to kinda enhance that right now. You know? Right. And it's only gonna get it's only gonna happen if I have a better relationship with money and start educating myself. Is your family? I don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. Right? Is your family from the states originally? Or no, the first generation. Yeah, that's the okay. Thing. Everybody migrated from Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. So like, they're still understanding what money is themselves. You know, especially in the United States. So, then we got a featured uh, guest coming, huh? AJ. AJ. <laughs> and then Andrew gonna talk about his relationship with money. Say <laughs> like, this is my relationship. Yeah, exactly. AJ and Drake. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I feel you though, because it's like it's one of those things that like growing up, my parents like were never together. Mm-hmm. But my dad always AJ Young King. He likes like, oh, how do you speak <laughs> um, Welcome to the show, AJ. You've been on the show before. Um like my parents were never together, so it was like having two different households. But my dad always like we used to call my dad cheap, but he always spent money on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now that like I'm growing up, I like to say I'm frugal with my money when it comes to certain things. But my relationship to money is based off what I learned from him. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's one of those things that's like. I would rather spend money on a vacation than shoes. You know what I mean? Like material things don't matter anything to me because how I was raised was like spend money on things that matter to you. So I guess that's more subjective in the sense of like what matters to you, what matters to you to spend your money on. Because there's four different people here, four different people have different things that matter to them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, I'll be cheap, but you talking about a vacation, like, somebody says, oh, uh, seven, I spent $700 on three pairs of shoes. My mind is like, but that's a round trip ticket and four nights in Paris. Like, what are we, what are we really doing here? You know what I mean? So that's kind of like how my relationship is like, 
what really matters to me and where I want to spend mm-hmm. my money. You know yeah. what I mean? That's dope. Yeah, that is. Um, I think with myself, anyway, um, my parents were always together when I was, you know, growing up as a kid. And, um, you know, they've always, they always preached to be smart with your money and, uh, you know, just allow yourself to have options. So just spend your money wisely. Don't, you know, uh, handicap yourself where it's like you're forced to spend your laps or whatever. Mm. Um, so like they pushed me to get a job early. I got a job right when I turned 16 and started working at Marshalls. I remember that. Yeah, and I just pocketed every single check. Like I wasn't buying anything. I was living at home and going to school. I was a junior in high school. So like by the time I uh, graduated from college, I bought my first car and uh, I had I had $12,000 in the bank and like as a 21, 22 year old, I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm sure like nobody else my age right. has this amount of money. And like, I was always the type to spend my money on things that I want like every once in a while. So like get like a pair of shoes here and there or buy some clothes. Like I never ever had any, any like huge purchases. I never my first my first vacation that I had to pay for was in twenty seventeen, I think. So well that's the first time I went out uh this out of the state with my friends. Like, really? Or I flew on a plane with my friends in there where I stayed with my night, yeah, twenty seventeen. So like I would I literally didn't spend money on barely anything right so um that was my relationship with money just put it in your pocket and just keep yeah just keep it. um fast forward to now where i'm a little older and i have more responsibilities and, yeah shout out to this one um i realized like <clears throat> i can't always do that like i have to budget now like i have to provide for him i have to pay rent uh, just got a, a, a new car, so car note, car insurance, mm. uh, renter's insurance for my apartment, uh, other things. So um, now I would say that I'm very, very um, aware of any any little purchase that I make. Like right. I like, I think I started maybe like two or three months ago, where um, in my phone, like I write down any purchase that I make and I calculate how much money that I'm spending. Damn, you better than me. Because I was just like, I was like, bruh, like I'm spending probably uh, in terms of like my responsibilities and like my entertainment, food and alcohol, all that. I was probably spending like $3,000 a month or 35. Yeah, I'm like, there's no, there's no, there's no way that I could survive or like make money save money doing that so right so now um i just feel like my relationship with money now is more uh just being more aware of of where each dollar going opposed to just being able to save, save it where did those bad habits come from they weren't bad habits it was just like i didn't have well, no, responsibility. I'll, I'll... so okay so okay. now so now it's just like i have like um let's say three years ago before he was born if i wanted to 
you know, spend a weekend in Boston with you and go out and because yeah, spend two hundred dollars and drink. Yeah, it wouldn't affect me as much as it probably would today. So right. It's just like I, I'm more aware of each penny that I spend. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so, um, so my relationship with money, um, basically from a young age, I, uh, I think I've said this like many times, but I've had older brothers that are both 10 and 12 years older than me, so I, yeah, I'm used to like seeing people working, my parents both worked, um, both entrepreneurs, so Anytime I wanted money or anything like that, and they said no, or like I wanted a game, accounts or whatever, um, they're like, no, can't do it. Or no, you don't deserve this without being bad, like not doing my homework and stuff like that. I just found a way to get money. So growing up in Manchester, like, I don't know if you can do this nowadays, but I used to knock on people's doors like, hey, you want your grass mowed? $20. Right. Um, I had paper rights. I used to shovel in the wintertime um, all money that like people who do landscaping and contracting they make businesses from. Right. I've always had that entrepreneur mindset from my parents because like listen, I, I I hate I hate when I ask for something and I can't have it. So it's like I gotta go get it. Like I have to find a way. The opposite side of that is I didn't know how to save. So I knew how to get money and get what I wanted, but I didn't know how to accumulate it. Right to like, all right, cool. Something costs five hundred. I should probably make eight. Have three left over. Spend five. Something mm-hmm. like that. So, obviously, fast forward now, being an entrepreneur, um, having worked throughout my career on how to get money, I've always been able to accumulate. I've learned better saving habits, but I've also been what some people call risky with my money. Be like, all right, cool. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to go into this. I know if I go into this and I succeed it's going to yield tenfold uh, results. So I think I'm blessed to have seen that from my household, but I wasn't necessarily educated firsthand on like, all right, this is what you should do once you get the money. It was more so like, if you want it, go figure out how to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not go get it and be saving 20% of it, you know? Right. So I, I always thought that was interesting. I think about that constantly. So what does the generational curse look like? Because it sounds like all of us are somewhat responsible with money. Um, I mean, I know I could definitely be better, but um, it is what it is. But what does a generational curse look like? It doesn't have to deal with money, but what does that look like or sound like? Um, I don't know if curse... I mean, that is what they call it, right? Uh, trauma. Yeah, generational trauma. trauma. Oh, yeah, okay, so that's... So it, I guess it depends. I think that's all based on perspective. So like Nelson's uh, example, right? First generation family here. He saw his parents make a way in a brand new country. Right. Um, but say, you know, they weren't necessarily great with money, but they were just doing what they knew how to do the best they could to provide for themselves and their family. Now him growing up in this era that we're in where we have this Google machine, where like if we type in something, 90% of the time we'll get an answer. So now him having the perspective, wow, my parents really did X, Y, and Z. Let's spin the block. I'm going to really go through A to Z so that by the time I get to M, I can have a legacy built for my family that I can now pass down. 
Uh, does that make sense? No, generational trauma. I just think is those those habits, those traditions that you know came before you that just you know from your parents, from your grandparents, great grandparents that just seem to affect you. Yeah. Um. Mm. So for us, um, we were, we all kind of related back to our parents' kind of like saving habits and all that. And what we saw, right? Well, what we saw is kind of it kind of impacts and somewhat dictates what we do as well because that's mm-hmm. what we know very much. You know so. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's our responsibility now to kind of educate ourselves and kind of like be open minded to um just just implementing these new strategies within yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um. So like for for my grandmother, perfect example right here. I think this is I don't want to say trauma, but or curse, but it's kind of like a ge- generational habit that I can't continue. And that's my grandma said, I don't cook on weekends. Mm. Well, this motherfucker <laughs> right here is spending money every weekend. <laughs> so, so now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm home, I'm like, all right, babe, we can go out on Friday night. Not for lunch and, well, Friday, not for dinner. Well, Saturdays, we're not going to go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We can go out Friday for dinner, Saturday for dinner, and maybe Sunday breakfast. But we got to limit how much we go right. out throughout the weekend. So is that based on your current budget? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, this is all recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all a recent finding. But that's, that's real shit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good to establish now. But obviously, I don't know where you want to go financially. But it comes to a point where, yeah, you want to have these good, healthy habits financially, uh, spiritually, mentally. But once you start thriving and can live a life of choice, what your grandmother said, I'm not against it, but have the means to do it. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you don't want to cook on the weekends, that get to a point where you don't have to cook on the weekends comfortably. But I want to hit that finding. Like, I want to be financially. I want to get there so I can enjoy it. I don't want to have to do it and then feel pressured in other areas. Exactly. Right. Especially because I just bought a home. So it's like, I, oh, I congratulations. thank you. I got to allocate my money a little different. Yeah, you know? home expenses. We just had a semi-hurricane. Um, <laughs> my basement got flooded. Oh, bro? Same. So, yeah. So, you feel me? So, I got to, you know, somewhat budget. And it, it, it's kind of it's kind of nice. And honestly, it's a beautiful experience. It's kind of being open to all this right money. that's perspective i love that so yeah. how how much of generational trauma would you say boils down to like culture and Ooh. and our background because oh well yeah go ahead or now nah, you money i'll take that well, I, that's a good well I kind of had a question based off of something that you said oh, so go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> um what you said about your grandma about mm-hmm. not wanting to cook um if you are if you are aware of you know of that trauma i guess does that make it trauma if you are if you are mentally aware of it like you say that you it's trauma until you address it yeah I you like have to that. be cognizant of it first yeah. i like that yeah like you you can be you can be mindful of it but what are you going to do about it yeah. you know what i'm saying to change because mm-hmm. i think at that point it's like insanity right i think a lot of people don't want to face their trauma mm-hmm. so what they're doing is like i'm aware that Drew's pissing me off, but I'm gonna just keep dealing with it mm-hmm. instead, of talking. instead of being like, Yo, Drew, yeah. what you're doing is pissing me off, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm aware of it, but nothing changes if nothing changes. So, mm-hmm. until I address that trauma, it's you just running in circles, you're like on the hamster wheel. And again, it's not 
trauma or curse, whatever, like my, you know what I'm saying? But it was just for lack of If you did it, no, no, but if you didn't address it and were cognizant of it, it would be trauma. Because you would inherently pass yes. that down, yes. not realize it. And yes. so, are you, so that's how yes. it gets passed well, It is trauma. Why not? That's good perspective. Because it is trauma at that point. Because exactly. it's like, it's impacting me right now. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to cook on weekends. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I didn't see yeah. cooking on the weekends, so I don't want to cook on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to your point how trauma or family curses get passed down. If you don't face it, you're going to continue that circle and pass it on to whoever comes after you. And yeah. Something as minimal as that. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, that's. And to your question, and that was a great question. Yeah. So to that point, and this is why people who don't acknowledge white privilege, they don't understand that. It's not necessarily, we're not talking bad. Like, we're not saying, oh, you have white privilege, so boom, boom, boom. It's a fact. You, by your being white, you have had a head start in generational uh, principles passed down for generations. Black people, because we had to store minorities, people of color. (laughs) But yeah, people of color. we're starting at a disadvantage mm-hmm. because we were oppressed for so long. Um, for so long, we just got rights, gosh. Yesterday. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and now we're trying to learn and it's like working in certain industries and like rubbing elbows with people in different industries. It's like part of it, you know, like affirmative action, like we need enough colored people working here. But it's like when you see affluent people and you're talking with them, it's almost like, wow, like, Look at you trying to make something of yourself, and like, uh, it, it. I don't know if they realize they're doing it because they don't realize that their white privilege has been passed down for so long, and they got to see the good habits right from their parents, from their parents, and from their parents, and then passed down. And it's like, yeah, no, like, you make money, you're gonna become X, Y, and Z profession. You're gonna save this. This is how a 401k works. This is how IRAs work. This is how you have the money to go to college at 18 because I did this when you were born. So when you're done, you also need to figure out how to do this. People of color don't know these things. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's almost like common sense to white people because like, yeah, like we've been doing this for years. If you didn't know that, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) I was just able to start working with you a couple years ago. Right. So. No, that that's huge. Um, because it's a like it is a race. Like this whole thing is a race. It just so happens that white people had two laps head start on us. And there's there's something that there's a post that always goes on or is saying that like uh, minority parents say like, oh no, go out and get your own, or you need to learn how to work. Whereas white parents are like, no, I'm gonna help you. Yeah, so, you know what I'm, and, and I don't know if that echoes your your point. Like, you know, no, 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 no. To the point, yo, my girl, um, she said because she studied abroad, and she's like, that's a very American thing. Like at eighteen, at eighteen, you have to go out and go find yourself. Now, no, I don't think it's an American thing. I think it's a minority thing. You think so? I, I know so. Okay, <laughs> talking <laughs> truth, okay? No, I mean just at UConn, like just at UConn, right? When I was at UConn, a lot of these like. First of all, that was my first time being exposed to even the white culture. Because I'm from oh. Hartford, you know what I'm saying? So it was like a whole culture shock when I was yeah, there, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, and I just, I, I started to learn that, like, we 
are so anxious and like just eager. As soon as we turn 18, we're about to get a job to move out of our parents' house. Be independent. Right? Be independent. Yeah. That's not what they they do. Their parents send them off when they feel like their kid is ready, when they have good credit. You know what I'm saying? You know what they do as soon as they turn 16? Oh, Not even 16, card. when you're 12, oh, they, put, no, they put them as authorized users so their credit goes up. So by the time that they turn six, uh, 18 and they can get a credit card or whatever, they have immaculate credit mm-hmm. because they put them on their credit, yeah. credit line. You know what I'm saying? It's little stuff like that, little pointers that we are not aware of mm-hmm. and white people are, and it puts, puts us at a disadvantage. But you know why? I think it's because growing up as minorities, our parents, they well, love us. At some point, it's like, damn, man, this, little, this little dude's a kind of a burden, like a financial burden, because, you know, they're just trying to make ends meet as well. Like, they're yeah. not they're surviving. They come from survival. Exactly. They had to survive. Like, I've been surviving with you for 18 years. Like, bro, once it's, you turn 18, you got to contribute. Yeah, whereas white people's like, no, like, listen, you can stay as long as you like. Right. Like, we're good. Like, yeah. I don't need your money. Yeah. I don't exactly. need anything from you. I'm here to make sure you're going to be all right. And that's different. Like, my um, someone at my job basically says, like, listen, all you have to do for your kids is two things. Give them unconditional love and create good habits. Everything else will fall in line. Unconditional love and good habits. But his habits are going to be a little different from my family's habits. Right. Because he's learned differently. Right. So... Yeah, no, it's definitely, that's, that's, that's huge. That's why I do what I do. I love educating people on that. And it's interesting because, like, working in the school system last year, um, there were days that we, we had, like, a day off because it was too hot in the school. Mm. And I'm like, bro, when I was a kid, <laughs> open the, the window and turn the fan on, like, there wasn't no... Like, it's too hot to be in a room. And I was talking to my cousin about it. And what and town were you working in? I was a wizard. Exactly. Well, well <laughs> right. But, but my, my cousin was like, just because we struggle means our kids have to struggle. That way, that was her, respo- her, her response. I was like, yeah, but we're talking about AC in the school. Like, like that's going to kill you? Like, toughen up. Like, t- to me, that was my mentality. Yeah. And I don't know if that's partially my way of Oh, now I'm gonna pass down generational curses because I dealt with this. You have to, or I don't know. Kids are soft, man. Like I agree. <laughs> I think kids these kind of days soft. are soft. Oh. Like, bro, it's too hot in this building, so we can't be here. Uh, I will never forget to this day. Um, and this is probably why I'm so messed up. Like when people ask me, like, "Yo, do you cry?" Oh, like when people ask me, "Do you cry?" I've cried three times since I'm 18. Since I was 18. Three times. I can count on one hand how many times I've cried. But as a kid, when I would cry, my brother would punch me in the chest and tell me to stop crying. Yes. What? Wow. Like, bro, that hurts. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This physically hurts. So, like, to me, it's like, well, what do I need to cry for? Like, I'm just going to figure it out. But I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, I don't know the, the pros and cons of crying. I just know to me it's a waste of time. So what are you gonna teach your kids? Oh, hmm? What are you gonna teach your kids? To be as open as you want, like <laughs> I'm not fucking credit. Like, <laughs> <shut this down. laughs> no. So for my kids, it's like yo, listen, I I didn't have an open dialogue with my parents, so like I had no idea what was going. On. I didn't know what they did for work until I graduated high school and I got into the working world. I just knew they provided for me. Yeah. I just knew I didn't have to want for anything, and if I wanted anything extra on my terms, you had to go get it. 
you you think that speaks? Why is that though? Like I'm I I'm like dumbfounded that you don't know what your parents did until you were eighteen. I had no idea. Yeah. Geez. Yeah, never talked about it. Okay. Um, I also had a very particular, and I've mentioned this before, so I don't, like, I don't care about talking about it. Mm. I also had a particular upbringing where my parents were actually mid, like, we're about to divorce, like, we're going to oh, okay, go okay, different okay. paths, and then a blessing came along. <laughs> and they were like... Because you did say oh, your brothers are older. 10 and 12 10 years and 12 old. Years. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, that so they, got. they got to the point where, like, all right, you know what? We're about to, like, split, and then, ha, surprise. <laughs> Young King for like, 21092 came along and they're like, oh shit, like my mom was 42 and she had me. Yeah, facts, right? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, wild. So, yeah, they. I just watched two people who didn't really love each other kind of just cohabitate. So, like, to me, I'm just like, oh, all right, well, whatever. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go work. My bad for cutting you off. No, no, but do you think, like, growing up, were you aware of that, like that that you felt like my parents don't love each other, like they're just here, or like you know that now? As I was in my own world, I really didn't care. I was just like, I'm gonna throw my head. Like me having headphones on like this growing up, this was a constant. Like I always had my headphones on. Was, was it because you were ignoring something, or is because it was just your comfort zone? Probably both. Um, my parents are both salespeople. They talk a lot. <laughs> like they talk a lot and it's like my mother's the most nurturing kind-hearted individual who talks a lot and it's just like i didn't ask for any of this advice that you're giving me and it's not relevant to my situation right now um so i'm like all right cool appreciate you headphones on i'm in my own world doing my own thing um so yeah no it wasn't ever really relevant to me i just knew this is my situation this is how i'm growing up I had my older brother who was around, sort of. I had the middle brother who flew the coop at 18. Um, he reached out on holidays or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I was just the youngest. You know, I got that. I saw an interesting upbringing. Um, so then when I see, like, even my girl, right, her upbringing is totally different. Like, she has love in her household. Like, they sit <laughs> down, they eat together at How dinner. Your day, sweetie? Yeah, that's yeah. like, people care about these things um they sit down they say grace you know they talk with each other like yeah how is this blah, blah, blah. And in my head i'm just like this is weird right? <laughs> I, like i did not see this growing up I, like this is cool this is awesome i want my family to be something like this but this isn't natural to me right is it, I, i'm in the same boat to, to be honest like my girl <laughs> and her family like they try to be like sunday dinners i'm like i see my family every sunday <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying but my I always said though, I appreciate specifically my father. I appreciate my father because he has shown me that that cannot ever be. You know what I'm saying? Like your habits, everything you've done in life, thank you. Because now I know not what to do. Like now I know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got and it's all perspective and you just gotta appreciate it for what it is. Um but it took me to kind of acknowledge how messed up everything that he's done throughout life has yeah. been kind of acknowledge that generational trauma for now for me well i don't have a kid so i can't necessarily address it but the way that i do my work at school that's how i try to and you work it. with kids and i work with kids so yeah. it's like that's how i practice so it's like practice yeah you know what i'm saying it's <laughs> practice so it's like 
relationship with our parents or our parents relationship because my thing is like i one part of parents relationships i don't know what a successful marriage looks like mm. there you go you know what i mean because like my parents divorced when i was two and then wow. my mom was dating somebody and then she got married again that didn't work out all my aunts are divorced my aunt like as close as family gets, I don't know what a, a I don't want to say successful because just because you guys divorced doesn't mean it wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a. So to that point, what is, what would your definition of a successful marriage be? Like, what would you want? I I guess um, man, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I guess you know uh, eternal happiness, um, healthy mm-hmm. in the sense of mentally, physically, emotionally, um, growth and support. You know what I mean. But I guess part of that is like, bro, I married you to stay with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like, if I guess if we divorce, this was a failed marriage, or and maybe that's a question we we. Put as a poll, if you divorce, does that mean your marriage was a failure? Yeah, is divorce failure or is it right. coming to terms with what this really was? Because at the end of the day, like, I could divorce my my wife, right? But we raised three kids to 18, 24, and 28. They're off in college and with their families. Me and my wife both have successful careers. That's not a failure, if you ask me. That no, just I, means it just didn't work out. Yeah. Which is... Go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, I think I'm perfect to speak on this because, um, uh, like I said, my parents were married all throughout my life. They got divorced. It's been a year. It was a year ago last month. Oh, wow. So, yeah, my first 28 years, it was all just my parents and my four siblings in the house. And that's all that I ever knew. So when, um, when my mom came to us and was like, um, I'm moving to Michigan and they came to us a few months later like we're gonna get a divorce it, it was just like nothing it was like nothing that you would have expected because this is, is this is what it's been forever right so um so in my mind i'm just i immediately just go to like the negative aspect of it like um i feel like it is like a failed marriage like there's Y'all no, gave up. yeah like well yeah and i i just feel like like I, I wasn't mad at her, but I just didn't understand. Um, Would you say you understand now? Yeah, because I've like, I've, I've had conversations with her, and she said what you just said about the fact that, um, you know, she raised her four kids, all graduated college at this point now, um, starting families on their own, stuff like that. So, she said one of her life goals was to go to Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, and get her PhD, mm-hmm. which is what she, which is what she's doing right now. So like um Dr. Angel's mom. Yeah, so <laughs> but um so yeah, it's just like regardless of of <laughs> regardless of the fact that, you know, she had adult kids and this or that, she's chasing 
her her life dreams, right. and she's not going to let a marriage that obviously wasn't wasn't one hundred percent solid stop her. No, 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 I just want to piggyback off what he said because he kind of. I'm glad he gave the example before I was. Because I was gonna say, like, I don't think it's necessarily like a marriage failing or whatever, or divorce being failure, but I just think it's two adults being on two different frequencies. And the reason I say that is because he just said his mom wants wanted to get her PhD. That that was her dream. Mm-hmm. When you get together with somebody, like if you don't fulfill something that you always wanted, you're gonna resent that person. You know what I'm saying? And that's probably what was happening there, where what was keeping them together was the family, like the four kids, right. her, and, and, and that that's successful. For all of them to go to college, everyone having a family now, like that's beautiful, that's success right here. Um, And he got, she, she's a grandmother now, like that's, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but the fact that she wasn't able to probably fulfill her life goal, her life dream, got them both on two different frequencies and their energy wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, Usually, when you marry somebody, you meet when you're young. Like exactly, yeah. And my mom was super young when mm-hmm. my parents met. Like they started dating. My mom was 18. My dad was 25. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was this was probably like um, the 80s though. So I mean, that was probably that was probably acceptable back then. I don't know. It's legal. It's legal. She was 18. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just over the course of time, like 33, 34 years of marriage, I mean, in yeah. their late 50s and 60s, they're not the same people anymore. They're not. They're not. See, that's that's interesting to me. That's actually terrifying because that's obviously, well, my thing is like, obviously when they first met, there was a spark there, right? Like they decided like, oh shit, we've been together for a while. Let's get married. Let's like, let's do this long term thing, right? right? So then long term, and I guess this is like an open question, like is that a lack of communication? Like at what point did that veer off and be like, you know what? We just don't want the same things, let's go opposite ways. Or what like do you think it's possible to prohibit that within a marriage through communication and like hard work? I think I could partially speak on that too, because like even growing up, like um we would always take um, a family trip to Ohio every summer because that's where uh, both my parents' families are. Oh, okay. They're in Ohio. So other than that, like any little day trips to like the beach, if we go to Boston, New York, whatever, just like as kids over uh, the course of the summer vacation, my dad never, ever went. He was either uh, just at home watching movies or at work. Like he just he like he just likes to be home when he doesn't have anything else to do and just stay home and watch TV, watch movies, whatever. So yeah, but my mom she likes to go out, she likes to explore, have fun, and do things of that nature. So um, fast forward to when I had this conversation with her, she just said one of the things that always bothered her was the fact that you know she likes to do things and my dad doesn't. So she wanted to go to Michigan. And he probably wouldn't want to. Mm. So, if that's a real dream of hers to go to Michigan and get her PhD, then I'm sure I, I see that as an issue. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, and like, I, again, not like 
talking specifically to that situation, but I think in general, I think there is constantly in the older generation a compromise that happens where it's like, you know what? We can do this. I'm 70, 75% happy. That 25%, maybe it'll change over time. Maybe like this person I've known since he was 25, he's built up these habits um, and whatever trauma that's passed down from his family, maybe that will change over time and it'll eventually be 100%. Or do you work up to that like 90, 95% and like try to fill the gap? There is a 90, 95%. I, I, think, I think it's the opposite though. I think it goes backwards. So like when you first meet, you're probably like at 100%. You get married and everything is fine and dandy. And then over time, as time progresses, things happen. So, so go, ahead, know, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, um, but you yeah, know, things things happen. Like maybe maybe uh, you don't take your shoes off when you come in the house every <laughs> single day, and that might be something that you know your wife wants you to do. And just over time, things add up, and I think people reach their breaking point at some point in time. That's interesting. I think based off like. Um, I think based off kind of like Drew saying, like you you build, um, like you started a hundred and work backwards. Yeah. Based off like my family trauma and things that I've seen, I think for me is more so like I now know what I don't want. You know what I mean? And I now know yeah, like what Nelson said. Yeah, I now know what I don't want, and I now know what I do want, and I'm not going to settle until I find that. Because with me, it's like. I don't actually think things are 100% because I don't think things are ever perfect. Yeah, you know what I ever. mean? But when I find somebody and I find like that vibe and that person I want to be with, it's like, okay, I put all my trauma aside. I found this frequency that we're both on. And you can never be sure that we're ever always going to be on that same frequency. But I also know like you and I are solid. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Based off like, like, my parents right now can't even sit in a room together at the same time. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would never want to be with somebody that that would ever be a, an outcome. But she would. That, I want to touch on what he said about the 75%. Okay. Like, <clears throat> I'm glad she said that because the 70, I feel like when you're at 70, start at 75 and you're trying to reach that 90, 95, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're falling for that potential. You know what I'm saying? But when it's backwards, from a hundred down to seventy-five, you can honestly you can kind of avoid like you can avoid that. And I think with communication, mm-hmm. being vulnerable, being open-minded, trying new things such as therapy, all of those different tools are different strategies for you to reach that ninety. For you to not even reach, for you to stay up. consistent, 90. consistently. Because you know what I'm saying. saying I'll be because if you perfect. Yeah, because if you're starting at 70, 75 percent, you're already settling. Mm. Right. You, not, you know what right. I'm saying? Like you're already you're going in with that mindset. Like I hope this person reaches this level. I hope. Right. Or I don't I, need that. I, I can do without. Yeah, and then you put all these expectations on that person, and when when that person fails, you know what I'm saying? So, and doesn't reach those expectations, now you're gonna resent that person, and then guess what? You are gonna go from that 75 you started. You're going to go right down to negative 40 in a month like that. Once you fall out of that honeymoon phase, a lot of people, because a a lot of people fall in love, like you said, with potential and the idea of people. 
You know what Thank I mean? <laughs> like I like, oh, I see you as this person or whatever, and that's not really who they are. You try to make them out to be who you want them to be as opposed to who they are. And yeah. then when while that's working, to your point, when you're at that 75 and you realize who they really are is when you go down to that 40. Yeah. I also, and not to nitpick words, but you said, you said, you know, I can put my trauma to the side and make this work. I think instead of putting trauma to the side, you just acknowledge what right. that trauma is. Right. Like, all right, you know what? This is my trauma. I'm going to actively work on this because this isn't your burden to bear. Right. Yes. I don't want to put that on you. And that's, that's and huge. That, yeah. That's huge. And that's like, to, to that point, that's like a lot of people that, I've always said like, yo, I don't know if I could be a stepdad because I didn't like my stepdad. But then a lot of people's rebuttal is, well, because you didn't like him, you now know what not to be or how to approach that situation. And you also have to uh, face the fact of why you didn't like him and everything for that reason, to, to echo your sense. Yeah. Well, you're also a very loyal person. So like, in actuality, would you ever genuinely like a step parent? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I I I think I want to hear his his I you know what point because she did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's that my well your father's partner. But it, but, and you know, but I got reasons. Facts, but, but I got but reasons. Loyal, it does boil down to the loyalty as well. Though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and but, I think but you also I, I want you to just think about the flip side though. I mean, like you don't well not to flip, think about the flip side, but you you, you actually benefit from two different sides because you have a father who's also showing you what it is to be a good father. Mm, right. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know what not to be and you know what to be. So that's like the balance right here. Right. So maybe you are ready to be a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> bro, get out of here, bro. bro get on my house, bro. Go home. Go home. Um, no, but I, I think you're right. I, I do have both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think loyalty is a thing. My brothers even said that, like, not that I'm too loyal, but like, that's that's where my fault is, because like I'm solid with my people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if if you're not rocking with me, but like my dad's dated people. Like as a kid, I remember I had teammates that their parents thought my mom was dead because my mom never came to my games, but my dad was dating a girl that would. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But it was like one of like. I was cool with her. She didn't do nothing to me. Yeah, like, yeah. that worked out. But, like, my thing is that I think loyalty is a thing. And to bring it back full circle, part of the reason why I'm so loyal is because I've seen so many broken marriages mm -hmm. that it's like, all right, but what, what does this even mean anymore? Yeah, You get what I mean? Like, so that's why I'm, I've had the same two best friends since middle school. I've had such small circles because to me, it's like, as social as I am, <clears throat> I don't need to bring everybody into my circle because it's shown me every time you bring someone in, you just get let down. That's mm -hmm. right. So that 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 gives me a segue to another question, right? So when you're dating somebody, things don't work out, you break up. Is it fair? <laughs> is it fair to immediately compare the new person to the old person, or do you genuinely give them an objective view of like I'm going to figure out who you are as a person? without comparing them to the last person, good or bad. So here's what I do, because I used to compare people, but now it's, I compare what the person made me feel. Because at the end of the day, I'm not oh. looking, I'm not looking for, <laughs> I'm not looking for a person. 
I'm looking for a person that I want to be with, a person that makes me happy. You're looking for a feeling, not a person. Right, because anybody could give me that feeling. You get what I'm saying? Because if I am continually looking for someone, I'm I'm, I'm looking for a, a specific person. You get what I'm saying? I'm looking for a person, like, this person made me happy, I need to find that person again. Whereas if I'm looking for a feeling, that feeling is within me. You get what I'm saying? So I need to find someone that I can vibe with, connect with, that's going to make me feel good because at the end of the day, that's not in someone else. I'm not comparing. I'm comparing what I felt when I was with that person. That's interesting. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not a, um, I'm like, a, I'm emotionally intelligent, but I'm not a very emotionally like feeling person based on you need to what I told you now. <laughs> um, based on what I told you, like me viewing growing up. So like emotions and like all the savvy stuff, like that's just not me. I can go without it. I appreciate it. Cool. Love it. I'm gonna give you a hug, kiss, everything that you need. But I don't need that, right? Right. Um so I guess with me, I don't know if I'm looking for I guess I am looking for a feeling, but I'm looking for I guess I'm looking for character traits. Like I'm looking for character traits that's going to match mine and what I want to accomplish and also complement mine. Because I know there's some areas that I fall short, very short. So like if you can, if you have the attributes and the characteristics to empower me while I empower you in other ways and then we can make a cohesive like unit, that's what I'm looking for. Right. The feeling, like, but that's not I, guess, a person. I guess that feels good, but yeah. you, but that's not a person. <laughs> that's character, you, yeah, character traits, characteristics. I guess. What are your thoughts? Oh, right. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I actually would have nothing else to say on that um, topic, just because I feel like you said best. You yeah. said it a hundred percent. How I would go about it. You're not too bad for a drink. Thing. You already found that. So. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I like what he, I think he just, I think he hit it on, for me, he hit it on the nail. Just because I am into like, together, right? well, no, I, I'm into the whole like, emotion, like, I'm a social worker. So, Got it. emotions and all that. And I'm a Libra, and, so emotions. Yeah, and stuff like, <laughs> I'm learning how to manage all that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's why I don't think it's fair to kind of compare the last to the next. I think. You said that is fair. To- I don't think it is. Oh, it's not fair. No, I don't. Okay. Think, I don't think it is fair. Not only for to the for the current person that you're dealing with, but just for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like he said, like it's it's a feeling that I'm per- I personally live for. You know what I'm saying? Like like I want to feel that. Um, I want to feel that this this. This person or, or the dynamic that we have going on is not triggering any of my generational trauma or, or any or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just I need to make sure that you don't do specific things. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and it doesn't because like, I don't look for like like when people ask me what's your ideal woman like how does she look? This is like I don't know. She doesn't look any specific way. Mm. Inside, there's things that I'm looking for though. Like 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 I want to know how she grew up. Because I'm, I'm real big into like the attachment theory, so like that, that's gonna really impact how you deal with relationships. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to. What's know the stuff. attachment theory? 
just for the listeners. Just like when you're born, like right now, like AJ and 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 um and Drew. It's kind of like how what's their bond like? How did he treat AJ when he was younger? Because that's gonna kind of impact how you are in the future. So you have, and even while you're growing up through your uh through your adolescence, through your younger days, um. It, 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 and all of that, especially when you're between the ages of, I think it's like one to three or like two to four. Two to four. Yeah, two to four. That's huge, right? It's the genius years. Yeah, that right there, that's like the most, like cognitively, that's the most critical. They develop the most and that's the most critical. So I feel like the way you treat your kid at that point, and I want to know how a person is being treated yeah, and stuff like that. Um, because then I know how that person is going to make me feel. That's that's real. That's real shit. Cause that's um. There's some people who grew up in a survival household, and they don't realize it. But at that age, they just saw and like witnessed so many things that like people just trying to make it, just trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily good or bad, but it's like, do you want to bring on that burden in your relationship, and then potentially pass that down to your kids innately, not even realizing it? So right. now you have a bunch of like gremlins that you have to know. Grown was like, yo, why are you like this? Oh, you did this. It's <laughs> your mom. <laughs> well, man, this this was dope. Uh, 50 episodes in the book. Two years in the book. Yeah, AJ. Talk that talk. How you feel? He's a chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but nah, this, this was a dope combo from the Drake stuff to the family trauma. Um, everything on um, 50 down, hopefully 50 more. Yo, um, my heart really hurts that you can't listen to a full J. Cole album. I don't know if I'm ever going to get past that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> let's pick a first one after uh, after the show. The first album. That's the only one you can listen to? That's probably Pro- like his third worst album. Second. Maybe his second. Hey, um, just once we cut off, play whatever J. Cole, uh, J. Cole um, album you want. Top down. Let's listen to it. Whatever you want. Who has that time? Really? I got work to do. Six, seven hours. I'm like, ah. <laughs> one album, six hours? Oh, no, one hour. Oh, 45, 50 minutes, but. Yeah. All right, all right. Either, either which way, uh, we about to wrap it up. Um, you guys know how we do it. You can look at that camera, that camera, that camera, that camera. We only got two cameras. Um, you get your 15 seconds of fame, and then we'll wrap it up. Nice. Start that way. All right, um, you guys have seen me here before, uh, Nelson, just be on the lookout for All in One, I want to talk my shit about All in One, it's a social, it's a social emotional curriculum that Jacob and I wrote, we, in the past year, we have landed at least five different contracts, um, a bunch of different schools, we're going to continue growing, so just be on the lookout for All in One, um, enroll your kid. You can find us on Instagram in the near future. And <laughs> if you have any questions and you want to enroll your kids, just DM Jacob, DM me at Boston Picking Up. Fantasy football champ right here too, by the way. <laughs> What's your football team? You're a giant baby. Alright. Um you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um gosh. So I don't know about 15. This has been a wild like two weeks for me. So I just I just found a new mentor. So we always said mentorship is very powerful. I just Wait, you got rid of the dude with the big house? 
No, 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 that's 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 my guy. Like that's always my mentor. But you have multiple mentors, yeah, people, oh, my bad. people, opponents. Exactly. He so has a nice pool. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this mentor, he uh, he's been in my industry for over thirty five years. He specializes in small business and his business and what he's grown to and how he's helped people. I really want to replicate that. Nice. So basically, he's going to invest in me. I'm going to invest in him, and hopefully that proliferates. Both of our businesses, another big word. Is it? I know the word businesses, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have someone in your specific passion that has done what you've done or better, I definitely recommend finding it because it's great to be in a room full of ambitious people. But if you're not in a room full of people who've done what you've done or better, it's really hard to get to where you want to go without a structure and a path. You right, AJ? It's your world, bro. <laughs> At the end of the day. Aww. We're going to give Andrew 15 seconds to AJ. Yeah, you know what you that? mean that with a shirt on, bro? All the eyes are on you, AJ. He's, He's like, single, by the way. He's like, first of all, y'all woke me up from a nap. That's, that's what I'm bad. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> Are you done? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Oh. My bad. Uh, um, I don't really have anything going on, guys. Um, This was a fun episode, though. Glad to be back. 50th episode. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, 18 to 20 years from now, I don't pass down any trauma to him that he knows about anyway. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's not your fault. <laughs> hey, um, but yeah, that's, that's it. Um, 15 seconds, um, I guess, goes without saying. Face your traumas, face your fear. Um, and everybody be on the lookout. Uh, Semilla Cafe is finally opening up. Yay. By the time you guys see this, uh, they'll be open. So I don't know the that exact day. address. Oh, yeah, that day. Um, I don't know the exact address, but if you know anything about Hartford, it's right next door to the old Salvins, across the street from Capitol Prep and the Yargo Stadium. So Elijah's finally getting um, his coffee shop open. It's been in the works for two years. Um, I'm extremely proud of him. It looks amazing in there. The vibe is amazing. Great spot. Um, so, so go check him out. Support local, support black, support Puerto Rican, and uh, face, your, face your trauma. Um, and with that being said, it's a wrap on the 50th episode. Um, that's it. Do, 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 do. Drake is hard because people, he has the fan base. And Nelson was like, oh, but how did he get that fan base? From the beginning, right? He killed it then. Yeah, 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 right, and that, that's why, that's not to take away from who he is now. I think he's plateaued now and the nigga's boring now. But like, but he got yeah. where he is he proved, by he he proved himself early, yeah. Right. He peaked and now it's just this. He's well, no longer going but, up. But, but 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 you realize if you hit a certain peak and there's no one else above you, it doesn't matter what you do at that point. Yes, but it there does. are people above you. you could get, but you could get better. But you could because you can Jay Z Jay Z's done that. Jay Z is gotten better consistently over time. 
because he's adaptable. He kind of like transformed. Like as Drake an constantly sounds the same. That's not to say that it's bad. But what I'm saying is it's constantly the same time after time. People after say that about J. Cole too, though. Like my boy Bragg, I always ask him, like, yo, what you think of the new album? He's like, it was a Cole album. I know what I'm gonna get with the Cole album. It's gonna be quality, but it's it's Cole. But yeah. even if you put the Cole album, because Cole is he's a storyteller, right? Cole yeah. is what he is, right? But if you take whatever album and put it next to the album that was previous and the album that was after, they're not the same. No, oh, not at all. he's involved. And he's that's, and, involved. And that's my point. But I was gotten his his style and who he is is he's the same. Yes, right. But he's gotten better. Whereas Drake is just like. I hear what you're saying. You, you hear what I'm trying yeah, to hear what you're saying. And he just gives you the same shit. The like, same story. Like for me, the same everything. I think Drake has evolved, but it's been like fighting off other people. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? It is always the same Jay-Z and, and, and Cole have like naturally evolved. They made their like, own their shit. own shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like 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 Cole, you know what I'm saying? Like conscious rapper now. You know what I'm saying? Like like he went from like a, a lyricist giving you bars Friday night lights. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now he's more like a conscious rapper. Like he's spitting knowledge to, to, to the youth. Yes. Jay Z, same thing. He's drug dealer, talking about the streets, talking about drugs and all that stuff. Now more of a conscious and rapper. Drake is for the women. Drake just has been I listen. Jake, Drake is honestly a te- like he's he's never matured and it's kind of like a teenage rapper. Almost. So the thing is, he, like, <laughs> there is there is a song on there where he's got like I was even listening to the I was like yo nah this one he's got bars on this song, but and by you mean he's got bars someone wrote them for him. And see, that's the problem. You don't know what's I think, Drake's and what's someone else's. I think he writes the majority of his. It doesn't matter majority. Does. The major- I think he has the best collection of ghostwriters in history. <laughs> yeah, but mm. I, I generally <laughs> think so. And which, which you can't discredit because you don't know who's not here. You don't know who's not And it has to be able to find, like, he still, even if someone writes it for him, he still has to be able to bring that to life. Right, right. Which right. is a skill in itself, but. Without a doubt. But it's not the same as someone who's really creating this from start to finish. So, like, even my lady was asking, so what's the difference? Like, everyone's talking about Ye's production. Ye started off making music, beats and shit. He's like, he's oh, a producer. Yeah, he's a producer. Like, I'm going to start rapping after the fact. That's why That's why Cole gets the respect, too. Yeah, uh, Drake is more so like, yo, somebody give me a beat. Somebody write this verse for me, and I'm going to make it look. I'm going to make it sound good. He's an actor. Yeah. I'm gonna make this popular. I'm gonna pop. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to just move off. I'm listening. Because <laughs> but the thing is, it's hard to dispute facts. Like we're not saying anything malicious. You're not saying anything malicious or anything that's not true. That part. So speaking truth, King. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the what's the saying? Um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Okay, so I mean, Drake might not be the most. Why he? Why he? I just want to know where you're going. Drake, Drake, Drake may not be the most talented when it comes to, you know, making beats or songwriting or whatever. But when it comes to putting a full song together yeah. and making it pop and yeah, and connecting to the masses, he's gonna do that better than anybody else nine times out of ten. And, but is and, he really and, working harder? Because he didn't do the work. At, no, the, no, at no, this no, point. No, 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 no
no, no. The work, the work is the work is being able to to find the, the okay. right people to, yeah. to you know find the trends and, and so so you're guys. basically saying Drake is no, uh, no, another that, DJ Khaled. That no, that's mm-hmm. like, Ooh. essentially Ooh. Drake is a better DJ because DJ Khaled don't do shit. That's like we the best. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, don't disrespect Drake like that. Based off what you just no, said, no, no, it's no. not. You said he's the great. You said he's the greatest at getting a collaborative no, effort. No, he's to bring something to life. Is that not what DJ Khaled does? Because, bro, look at Wild Thoughts. What did he do on Wild Thoughts? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask a more pointed question. So, do you think Drake could come out with an album with no features and it's yes, gonna be yes, hot? Yes, 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 yes. Listen, if Drake, yes. if Drake, so? if Drake, if listen, First, do I think so? Yes, yes. I think it should go double plat. Yes, listen, no yes. features. No yes, features. listen, yes. J Cole, yes. J Cole went no triple plat with no features and no marketing. You think Drake's going think double plat with no features? Because I, I think no. I think he would actually be. I think he would actually be rapping. Like I think he would actually be. T- Talking so about, what is he doing but now? But he can't. Hold up, but what is, is he doing now then? We just played that way too sexy video. Was that he's not that's not rapping, that's a, that's just a fun a Cause fun. that's who Drake no, is. No 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 because I'm thinking like, if it I was saying it would sound like, like it would sound like, it would sound like headlines. I was gonna say it sounded like 2010. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like I want to hear, like I want to hear, uh, Lord knows Drake. Yeah, I want to hear you get that. You get what I'm saying? It's take care. He, of he, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's argued as one of the greatest art um, albums of all time. Listen, so what Drake, you about to say though? Greatest what? I was an artist. I was an artist. Okay. Listen, I can't, I, there's no disrespect or shade from me towards Drake. I call a spade a spade. He's a very good pop artist. When I look on Twitter, the people who like Drake's album, coincidentally, they're not the same people who like J. Cole. The same people who love Drake, they couldn't get through two or three songs of J. Cole's album. And Different I feel audiences. like and I feel like there's a there's something to be said about that because Drake is popular. He's gonna come out with bangers. He's gonna come out with he only came out with like one club song. That's the one with Rick Ross. Which is crazy. That's the only song I heard. I was like, okay, okay, everything else I'm just like, this is Drake. This is this is Drake. I would love to um intervene. To meet um, Drake. Please do. No. Oh. I'm, yeah, I would love to the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's that J. Cole album when he's uh the intro, he's sitting in the car he's telling a story where he's in the car the day he got signed. Okay. That's his so, first album. Yeah, yeah. Um so I remember listening to that album from start to finish and like thinking this is an amazing album. This is probably what, 2010, 11? No, it's 2011. Okay, yeah. so 2011. And uh, you know, Drake was also hot at the same time and I'm like I think that these are two great artists, right? Yeah. Um, fast forward to 2021, I still think Drake is a great artist. I can't sit there and listen to a full Cole album anymore. But, um, but you know why, though? No, I, no. Actually, tell me, please. Sideline story, and he even said it in uh, Let Nas Down. The only reason the uh, record label put Sideline Story out was because they thought he couldn't sell doing conscious rap 
You know what I'm saying? Just being lyrical. So he had the the album literally made him make a commercial album, which is what is what, Drake. What, what was which which is what Drake is, right? A commercial artist. So the reason you like Sideline Story because it had commercial music on it. Hold on, I, I like workout I was trash. Like workout was workout a commercial. Was on that. Who that was Who a that commercial did. song. I need to know why you can't listen to a full J Cole album. I don't know. Something just like clicked. Maybe like because it doesn't. Oh, no, let the answer. <laughs> Damn. I, I just, it's just so, so, let the band answer a question. Something, something, something clicked like maybe four or five years ago, and uh, I can't remember which album it was. Forest Hills Drive was good. I think I like before or after that. I think you might. Have it's probably for your eyes. Only. For your eyes only. Maybe. I, I can't remember the song. No, that, that album is um, underappreciated. I think it's underappreciated. All right, it's but, a great but, story. But I, I won't say that J. Cole makes bad music, but this is boring music. So you listen you listen to it once and it's like this is a this is a good song. This is a, like this is good music. You listen to it again, I'm like, I can't play this a third this time. Is, I feel it, like I've I've heard it I've heard it enough. I don't so, need to hear it anymore. And you know what? You know what? We addressed this last episode. Did, and there's a thing to I be see, said. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of this weird faces. Oh, you know why? Second time around, I'm like, like, this is even better. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this is what I'm saying. Nah, so, J. J. Oh, Cole God. is meant for intellectuals. Nothing. I'm not saying anything bad about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying okay. that it's considered boring music because you actually have to listen and appreciate what he's saying. I can li- the way he's the way he's articulating his point from start to finish from his album. It's not you, saying anything. Sorry. It's uh, not, but Drake is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, so, no, 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 no. to your point, to your point, you said, you said, he's I wish not, we could zoom in on his face. <laughs> <laughs> you said he's not saying anything. No, 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 I, no, I, no, is it, no, that was not in response to that. Is was, it because gonna, you cannot connect? Something. Is it because you cannot connect to what J. Cole is saying? No, I would, I, I, I think that's what it is. I, you can't I was, connect. I wasn't, to I didn't say J. Cole wasn't saying anything. You said it sounds worse. The second time around? Oh, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It, it flips. I couldn't see what it said. Um, the question is, do you think Drake is a rapper or a singer? I think he's an artist. No, pick one. If you could put him in one lane. If it's 100%, is he 70-30, He's 60-40-something. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, stand up for your I, God, okay? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if he's more rapper or more singer, but it's probably 60, 40, one of But you think Drake is a better artist than J. Cole? I think he's just more don't say versatile. No, I he's just, not versatile. No, I just, I literally just said Drake isn't the most talented. We gonna have to make it, we gonna have to make a transition into the actual episode. <laughs> I don't think we ever gonna get through this. Yeah, been yeah. 12 minutes. <laughs> he, he, can do, he can do more. Huh? He can do more as an artist. Who? Drake. What can Drake do that J. Cole can't? Sing. J. J. Cole, J. Cole sings. sings. No, no. Continue. No, I don't continue. I've, I've heard J. Cole try to attempt to sing. Drake doesn't sing. Drake talks in. Oh, but J. Cole ability. sings. Huh? But J. Cole sings. If you call Drake singing, J. Cole sings. So I'm just sitting here like, J. Cole, wasn't he on the late night show singing that? Um, be free. Be continue. free. Come on. Continue. Come on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's go. Um, into the episode. Yeah, you better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of all songs, yeah, out of all songs, they picked "Be Free." Let's just keep that in mind. But he can't sing. I didn't see it. Just saying. 
Oh, uh, all right.